welcome to Mr. Sorensen's weekly world history podcast. This week we are going to review our unit for our unit test on Mesopotamia. So, in order for humans to settle in one place, they needed a consistent source of food. So they learned how to farm. Remember, a fancy word for farming is called agriculture. They also needed a source of meat because they weren't hunting as much. So they learned to domesticate animals or raise them for food. Once they got better at farming, they no longer needed to f- everyone to farm. This allowed people to start doing other jobs like bakers, builders, soldiers, etc. That is called the specialization of labor. The first area of the world where humans settled down is in what is today Iraq. People call this area, or historians call this area, Mesopotamia, which means land between the rivers. It is called that because the land is in between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. This area was a good place to settle down because it gets a lot of sunlight and the rivers provide plenty of drinking water and water for their crops. The rivers would also provide fresh soil for farming whenever they flooded. Although usually the floods would bring lots of destruction too. The first culture or the customs, art, social institutions, and achievements of a particular people is called the Sumerian culture. The people of Sumer were connected by culture no matter which city they lived in. We also discussed the religion of the Sumerians. The Sumerians were polytheistic, which means they worshiped many gods. Each city had one made god that was kind of the protector of the city, and it would be different for each city. They would build a huge ziggurat or temple at the center of the city to honor their main god. They would build them as high as they could so they could be closer to the gods. They believed that the main god of their city lived at the top of the ziggurat, and only the king and priests were allowed to go up there. The priests and priestesses were the second most powerful people in the Sumerian city. They were the leaders of the religion and helped to make sure that the people were worshiping the gods correctly. We also talked about the Sumerian religion. We said that religion is the belief in one or more gods and the rules and traditions related to that. The Sumerians started religion as a way of explaining things they couldn't easily explain, like natural disasters, why the sun rises and sets, etc. They had very limited science, so explaining some of these things using gods and goddesses made sense to them. The Sumerians were polytheistic or practiced polytheism. Polytheism is the belief in many gods. Each Sumerian city had a main god that protected their city. They would go to pray to their gods at a temple called a ziggurat. A ziggurat kind of looked like a wedding cake in which the bottom layer is the biggest and each level gets smaller after that. A ziggurat was usually in the center of the city and was the biggest building in the city. It was the most important piece of architecture in a Sumerian city. Architecture is kind of a fancy word for buildings. The priests and priestesses were the spiritual guide of a Sumerian city. It was their job to make sure that the people were worshiping the gods properly. These people were really powerful because no one wanted to make the gods angry. The king was considered to be the highest priest and not just the leader of the government. The Sumerian believed that their city's protector god lived at the top of the ziggurat and only priests and kings could go up there. We also talked about some of the achievements of the Sumerians. 
They inverted, invented the world's first written language called cuneiform. It was made up of hundreds of wedge-like symbols and there was no alphabet. Each word had its own symbol. It was first created to help people keep, keep track of business and trade records. Since they had not yet invented paper, they wrote on clay tablets. The clay tablets made it difficult to write very much down. Very few people learned how to read and write. Only wealthy boys learned, and those boys would either become priests, kings, or scribes. A scribe's job was to read and write for people. So a farmer would pay them to keep track of how much they sold, traded, and grew each season. Some of the other Sumerian achievements are inventing the wheel, creating a number system based on 60, and splitting the hour into 60 minutes. They also began to study the night, night sky. The study of the stars and planets is called astronomy. They mapped out the stars' movements in the sky and developed a calendar based on the different phases of the moon. They also invented the sundial to help them tell the time when the sun was out. Another of the major achievements or great things they did was King Nebuchadnezzar having the wonder of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon built for his homesick wife. The legend goes that his wife missed the trees and flowers of her homeland in the northern mountains of the empire. So he had her built an amazing garden. It was built tall and had different levels with different plants on each level. They even created a pulley and bucket system so they could bring water all the way to the top to water the plants and trees. The Sumerians established governments as a way of keeping law and order. They wanted to keep people and their property safe. At first, the governments were headed by priests or religious leaders during, during times of peace. But it turned out these Sumerian city-states were at war a ton. So they put a strong warrior in charge, and eventually they will be called the king. The power of the king was passed down to his oldest son, or if he had no son, then it would pass down to his oldest male relative. Women are not going to have the ability to have power during this time period. Passing power down through a family is called a dynasty. In a monarchy, or a type of government ruled by a king or queen, the king has all the power. Whatever the king says was the law. The king was also the head priest, so he was head of the religion too. We also discussed Hammurabi's code. This was the first written law code. Remember, they didn't have jails, so their punishments had to be pretty bad so that it would send a message to other people to never do that again. One example, if a man puts out the eye of another man, his eyes shall be put out. Remember, that sends a huge message. If you see somebody walking around without their eye, you're gonna think to yourself, I'm not gonna do that. I wanna keep my eyes. We also looked at the Sumerian economy. An economy is having to do with the production and trade of goods and money. The Sumerians had a traditional economy that was based on trade or bartering. They traded with other cities around the Persian Gulf for beads, jewelry, pottery, gold, and silver. They also bought and sold slaves. People would usually become slaves if two cities fought a war. The losing city's army would become the slaves of the winner. We looked at the difference between a city-state and an empire. In the beginning, Mesopotamia had a bunch of city-states or cities that acted like their own country. That changed when the city of Babylon started taking over cities around it. They formed one of the world's first empires, or groups or cities or territories under the same leader. A society 
is a group of people that share similar cultures that are tied together economically, like through money and, or trade. Each Sumerian city had its own society, and a hierarchy is organizing people into different ranks. The standard of each of the river civilizations we're going to talk about wants to talk us to talk about forms of social order. So for each, we will look at the social hierarchy or the ranks of the different members in their societies from most important or powerful to least important or powerful. We used a pyramid chart to do this. The most powerful in the Sumerian society was the king. Second was the priests and priestesses. Third were the scribes or the people who did the reading and writing for everyone. Remember, only the king, priests and priestesses and scribes got educated. Also, remember girls were not educated at this time in history. Fourth most important or powerful were the farmers and shopkeepers. They were uneducated and were mostly poor. At the bottom were the slaves who had no money or power. They did the heavy labor jobs like digging canals for irrigation and moving heavy stones. We closed out this unit by talking about an empire that was on the Mediterranean coast called the Phoenician Empire. It was a little bit different from the Sumerians. Since they didn't have enough resources of their own, they had to trade with other people around the Mediterranean Sea to get what they needed. One thing they did have was cedar wood. And they used them to build amazingly strong ships, especially for back then. If they were going to trade, they needed goods that other people really wanted. They invented glass by heating up sand, and they would form it into cups, vases, pitchers, and would even use it to make jewelry. People were amazed by these glass objects. But their most famous product was the Phoenician purple dye for cloth. They, need the, they made this by crushing up the shells of a snail that could only be found in Phoenicia. In a time where clothes were mostly these drab plain colors, people really wanted the dyed purple cloth. The Phoenicians wanted to keep how to make this dye a secret from other people so that they could keep getting rich off of it. So anybody caught sharing the secret would be put to death. They also did never, they never sold the dye, they only sold cloth made with the dye so people couldn't get a hold of the dye itself. Since they were amazing sailors and traders, they set up colonies around the Mediterranean Sea. So rather than using their military to take over other places and creating a big bunch of land in one area, their empire was more spread out. The Phoenicians became a very wealthy and powerful empire because they were good at business. Probably the most important thing the Phoenicians developed that still impacts us today is an alphabet. They found that using the Sumerians' written language cuneiform was too difficult to use while trading with all these different lands. So they developed an alphabet that had 22 letters. Each letter represented a sound, so you actually pronounce the letters rather than just picture symbols representing words like cuneiform. The Greeks would later take their alphabet and change it a bit. Then the Romans would take it and change it a little bit, and we get our Latin alphabet from the Romans. So that's why some of the letters from the Phoenician alphabet look a lot like some of our letters. So there is no bonus for this episode because um, you'd get bonus points from completing your study guide.
I hope this helps, and I'll back. I'll be back with you next week on Mr. Sorensen's Weekly World History Podcast.